0: Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. You want to hear my rendition of Stairway to Heaven?
1: I want to hear the guitar part. So, Ooh,
0: I don't have a guitar, but there's a broomstick. <laughs> I could do air guitar. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this needs to be a video podcast
1: in that case, so. Yeah.
0: Well, welcome. Welcome. You've caught us chattering away as we do in the summer. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it's already July. And um, I want to welcome you to the Ransom Heart Podcast. This is Craig McConnell. My guest today is our very own... Uh, Dr. Brad Beck, Brad and I are going to chat about his year because it's been, how would you describe this last year, Brad? Uh, It's been intense,
1: been very full. It's been uh, overwhelming at times and in joy and in sorrow. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Give our
0: listeners an overview
1: of this year. Well, just a little over a year ago. Chris, my son, finished high school. He graduated, and within four weeks, my daughter got married to Drew. And that was here in Colorado. She lives in California. And so in between that, our house was invaded and somebody walked off with about twenty five hundred dollars worth of our electronics, a couple computers. Uh, was actually probably caught or interrupted by Chris coming in, a uh, back door, and he dropped a bunch of jewelry apparently he had, he had picked up, and he was heading out the door with more stuff and uh, not caught. So police reports, all that stuff. Then right after the wedding, wedding was awesome, but so much fun, so much life. So great for our family, for Brianne and Drew. And then uh, Waldo the Canyon Fire started really the day of the wedding, but then it blew over the hill in front of the outpost three days later. And we were evacuated from this building where we're at right now. And uh, you were evacuated. You and John were evacuated. Morgan was evacuated from their homes. and And... You and Lori and the Eldridges moved out to our house out in Black Forest because that was the safe place (laughs) at that particular time. And so um, went through that, and then that settled down, and then Chris left for college providing an empty nest for Lisa and I, which we were only partly prepared for. And I think I may have talked about that in another podcast or two. And then, um, oh, boy, you know, looking into busy year here, we had a lot of travel with boot camp in Mount Hermon, um, going to South Africa. And then um, I'm at my desk a couple weeks ago, and a fireman friend calls me. He's a friend who was a former fireman. And he calls me, and he says um, – There's a really bad fire in Black Forest. And if I were you, I would go home and evacuate immediately. And I know him. I know his tone of voice. I spent a few seconds looking online. There was nothing about this yet. Mm -hmm. So I took off from here, started driving home, see this huge black plume of smoke Mm -hmm. in the direction of my house. Took me 20, 30 minutes to get home through the traffic, call Lisa. She starts calling neighbors. We get home. My son's home. And then we're in this mode where we're packing up. We're clearly in the way. You know, we can see plumes of smoke coming towards us. And so uh, we pack up our house as much as we can with our cars and then start ferrying our cars away because we knew we weren't going to be allowed to stay, nor we had any intent to really stay, so wow, it has been uh, a really good year, but also a very intense year in many respects.
0: Brad, Chris graduates from high school. Brie gets married. Your house is burglarized. Fire, the worst fire in Colorado history, burns through, closes down the outpost, and and you're now hosting the Eldridges, which are always difficult to live with. And then the McConnells who lighten things Up considerably,
1: yes. Especially when they bring part of their liquor cabinet with them. Whoa, which, which, hey, hey,
0: hey, you gotta save you gotta <laughs> save what you can. Chris goes off to Texas A and M, you have a empty nest, we have this huge South Africa uh boot camp, and then you're evacuated from a fire. What does a year like that do to you, your heart? I mean, you've survived it, but what is the overall impact of just one of those years that stands out as being a flood of disruptive, uncontrolled, uh, or uh, maybe not uncontrolled, but um, big events? Well, one of the effects is exhaustion mm-hmm.
1: and Not so much a feeling of what's next. I have not sensed that, or I have not been kind of worried about that. But there is a sense that you want all this to slow down a bit, not come so regularly or so (sighs) fast. Um, But, you know, with that, there's a sense of settledness about where we're going, you know, our – Lisa and I, our hearts are good towards each other, towards God. We know people who've lost so much in the fire, um, Mm -hmm. lost so much in relationships. Um, Oh, and I will throw into this, my mother, in the two months before this fire, was placed in a nursing home, unable to take care of herself. She was trying to take care of herself for 88 years, and, and finally... Couldn't do that anymore. So she gets placed into a nursing home, and then my brothers and I are dealing with that, and that's long distance. And so that's kind of a just like another kind of huge life event, kind of teetering. And for a while, I was wondering, am I just at an age, late fifties, where just life events, just you know, are they going to keep coming like this? But I'm not making an agreement with that. I don't want to live that way, waiting for the other shoe to fall. I don't want to live. I certainly don't want to live in fear,
0: yeah,
1: but it's interesting Lisa and I had some really interesting revelations when we we were when we were packing up our house, we had four cars and and were loading things up, and you know the obvious things the pictures the mm-hmm. you know the nicer clothes you know birth certificates, titles of the car uh you, you, know, did you a few tax records, a lot of them were lost in the yeah, fire. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you
0: throwing those in the fire. Get out of here. <laughs>
1: hey, they fell out of the car
0: yeah, yeah. when
1: I was pulling yeah. out, did, I,
0: you know. Did you grab your porcelain poodle uh, collection? <laughs>
1: no, I left that, but um, I did b- grab Brianne's porcelain poodle collection. Yeah, so. Yeah. so we were going through this amazing triage, and you've gone through this. You and Lori experienced yeah. this. And I would never at force this on anyone, but you're, like, looking at huge sections of your earthly belongings, and you're like, nope, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that. Don't need that. Oh, I kind of want that to burn. And then, <laughs> oh, you know, don't need that. That can be replaced. I want a new one. Oh, I, would, I do want that. And so you're picking up about one-half percent of the things in your house mm-hmm. that you can live with. And you're thankful, you know, we, we had two or three hours to pack our cars, which was much more. I mean, some people didn't get back there. Yeah. So thankful for that. And then there's a point where we paused, and Lisa and I looked at each other, and, you know, in plumes of smoke just to the north of our house. Orange, black, mm-hmm. white—really mm-hmm. close, like across the street from our, where our street intersects. Clearly, homes are burning, and we look at each other, and we say, "We're we're good."
0: Yeah, we're good. Is uh, that amazing? Yeah. How much you leave behind, and you're good, right? Well, you
1: know, we hit our health. We hit our kind of our most important things and we would have obviously missed so many things that we were going to think of and you know later and but um we were good and there was a real settledness to it and so (laughs) one of lisa's favorite expressions are um in our married life has been when we're worried about earthly things or possessions, she rather flippantly says, oh, it's all going to burn one day. Mm -hmm. And so I reminded her of that when we're leaving. I said, you always say it's all going to burn one day. This might be the day. It all burns. And we kind of laughed a little bit. And um, I said, are you good? And she said, I'm good. And she said, are you good? I said, "I'm, I'm good. We've got enough. And so as we were pulling out of the driveway, I mean, it's it's getting closer, clearly. Really, I didn't know if our house was going to survive or not. I would have put it 50-50 at best. And so there's a sense you're pulling away, and we built this house seven years ago. You know, we love the place, and, you know, kids have grown up there. So many parties, so many memories, weddings, everything else. And this might be the last time we see it.
0: Yeah. And it's like we're okay. Yeah, God's in it, you know. Brad, I mean, what you've just experienced this year, you know, some of these things are long-anticipated and joyous moments, but hard emotionally. And others, unexpected, just caught you blindside and are difficult and traumatic. What have you learned? What is God doing in all of this in your heart and for you to stay above water and and kind of live through this in some strong, godly way?
1: Well, the number one lesson is God is sufficient. Mm-hmm. He is there. He has been in all the joy. He's been in all the sorrow. He's been in all the fear. He's been right close by. And There may have been times that I wasn't aware of it, but I had a faith that he was there. For Lisa and I, it's come through our life through other really intense events, Mm -hmm. losing our daughter, um, different turns of events with family, Mm -hmm. um, just several issues where we've been able to look to the past and see... That God got us through it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a settledness about we don't need to know if God's with us. Um, we're not wondering if he's in this fire in some way. We know he's in the fire. Now, we don't know if our home's going to be saved. It ended up being mm-hmm. just fine, which was really kind of a surprise after mm-hmm. we had kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know wonderful Christian people, our neighbors, neighbors who lost their home. Mm -hmm. And it's not the kind of thing that our prayers were effective or our friends' prayers for our home was more effective than for them. It's that God is as close to them through this as he was with us as we're driving down our driveway, kind of handing it all back to God. Psalm 25, 4 through 6, Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Teach it to me, because you are the God who saves me. I put my hope in you all day long. Lord, remember your compassion and faithful love. They are forever. And what this verse does for me, it reminds me that I have put my hope in you, not only all day long today, we've been doing that for years. And so there's a sense that whatever could happen on this earth we know God can get us through it, and when it came up that day in that fire, I had a sense and a faith, Of course, I was scared at times and mm-hmm. you know different waves of panic and like what ifs mm-hmm. came up in my mind and my heart and there was fear at times, but most of that day, there was just a sense that. I had put my hope in God all day long, so many days in a row. Mm-hmm. This day wasn't going to be a whole lot different. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot more dramatic, but the end result, it wasn't going to be a whole lot more different than today is doing this podcast or or working on another thing. So a, a sense of being settled in God hmm. is what rose up within me really through this event and, and just a, another mile marker for the Beck family that we can trust in God. We can trust in his plans for us. The outward circumstances may be all over the map, but we can still trust. And for our son, Chris, this was hard. Um, you know, He's 20 years old and he's in college and You know, he was seeing his home, you know, very possibly burned. And so there was a sense that Lisa and I really needed to be there for him to be able to show him some of the things that we've learned about being settled in God.
0: For him to experience and see up close – a life that can handle the turmoil and disruption, the settledness.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. And that that surprised us a bit. But then of course it makes perfect sense. He's yes. he's twenty, you <sighs> okay. know. I've lived a lot more life and and have gone through a lot more than he has. So we put our arm around him, we prayed for him, prayed for our house together. Um, prayed for his friends, some of whom lost their home, and then he actually reached out to a friend who had lost his home, mm-hmm. like the next night, just to encourage him and support him and and offer some sort of friendship mm-hmm. and, and love at that time. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he got better with it. But boy, there was a time he was he was pretty upset. Like I said, understandably so.
0: Yeah. Brad, that's such a a good. Word and a good picture of being settled in God. And that settledness um, in your life is really the result of um, a lot of years of walking with God together, you you and Lisa, and having gone through a whole lot in life that um, God has used to train, equip, and make himself known to you. And just... Do you find yourself uh, listening to Brad like I do, just longing and in some part of me affirming the presence of that subtleness with God Mm -hmm. and it's available? He has it for us to be settled in him despite the circumstances. We hope this podcast has been an encouraging time, conversation with Dr. Brad Beck and We hope you'll join us next week certainly swing by ransomedheart.com and take a look at all the resources we have to encourage your walk with god relationships with others and how to live free be alive and fully engaged with a full heart we love you thank you and we'll check in with you next week